No, I think I've preached four sermons already on the Ten Commandments this year. So what's one more? But it's actually good that we're back here. It's, it's, uh, it's good that the narrative lectionary brought us back here this week. The world is becoming a pretty frightening place, isn't it? Authoritarian movements have been on the rise for worldwide for the past 15 or 20 years, and we're seeing their bitter fruits. Putin's murderous campaign in Ukraine has not only killed thousands of people, both soldiers and civilians, but has led to a showdown with the West unlike anything since the Cuban Missile Crisis 60 years ago. Xi Jinping's rule in China has been responsible for genocide of Uyghur people and anti-democratic crackdowns in Hong Kong and the like. Other authoritarian states from Hungary to Myanmar to Iran continue to deny basic liberties to, its citizens, to their citizens. And of course, our own country is far from immune from authoritarian movements. Things are pretty scary. But humanity has a lot of practice living under authoritarian regimes. I don't say this glibly. In the, just the past century, authoritarian governments from Nazi Germany to the communist USSR and China to other dictatorships in other parts of the world killed over 150 million people. And that's just a rough estimate. Throughout most of history, humans have lived under the big man system of politics. Do what the big man says, the king, the emperor, or dictator. Do what he says, and it's always a he, you'll notice, or die. In our reading, the Israelites just left one of the big man systems of government. At first, Pharaoh, the big man, was so terrified of God, of the God behind the ten plagues, that he practically drove the Israelites out of Egypt. Then, as you heard, then he had a change of heart. You heard that last week in the story of the sea. Or rather, in Exodus's memorable phrase, he had a hardening of heart. He exclaims, what have we done letting Israel leave our service? So it is with all tyrants, even when their own policies poison their rule. The temptation to be superior, to have control of, and power over other people is overwhelming for Pharaoh and his court. So Pharaoh and his army reap the harvest of their lust for control, ending up at the bottom of the sea. The Lord reveals himself as Israel's great liberator and protector. In gratitude, the Israelites always trust the Lord wherever they go and whatever they endure, and they live happily. Nope, that's the Disney ending. That's not what happens. Scarcely have the Israelites stepped on the other shore that the complaining begins again. And to be fair, it's about a lot of necessities. Think how long we would last in the desert without complaining. Food, water, disputes with each other. Israel is experiencing growing pains. We've talked about so far how they, God's promise, God chose Abraham and his family to be the bearers of the promise of blessing to the nations. But they've grown. Instead of one small family, now they are a nation, a whole nation. And, like all fledgling nations, Israel is highly vulnerable. 
They face threats from within. Disputes and challenges threaten to fracture the people. There are outside threats. And then there's the matter of their relationship with God who led them out of Egypt in the first place. How will Israel remain a whole people? How will they live in right relationship to God and to each other? And how will they avoid falling back into the same big man political system they just escaped? God gives the people the gift of the law. You see, it's all very well to tell people to try and get along with each other. But sometimes you need specifics. How am I to get along with others as a free person among other free people? How am I to live rightly? The commandments provide a framework for doing just that. And most importantly, they provide a framework, 10 steps, for avoiding future tyranny. The first three commandments, no other gods, no misuse of God's name, keep Sabbath, concern our relationship with God. And we're reminded that God is always first. Nothing else is to command our ultimate allegiance. Tyrants always try to undermine that. Pharaoh thought of himself as a god, not human, and thought of himself as having the right to treat his subjects accordingly. Roman emperors often used divine titles like son of God, savior, or lord. And today, some leaders claim to be the only thing standing between their nation or people or tribe in utter destruction. They may also claim divine approval for their claim, which is the essence of the second commandment, misusing God's name. Beware of leaders with savior complexes. There's only one savior, Jesus Christ. And that leader making those claims ain't him. Only God is God. Only Jesus is Lord. Leaders are public servants. In a like way, the Sabbath, the time for rest and hearing the word is so vitally important for remembering that we belong to God. One of our modern tragedies is the reduction of a person to her or his economic value, what they can produce. The first three remind us that there's only one God that we're to be very careful about how we use God's name, saying God approves of this or that, and that we ultimately belong to God. The second table of the commandments, four through seven, has to do with our relationships with our neighbors. Tyrants always take a black and white view to human relationships. Either people are useful tools to advance one's goals or opponents who must be crushed in service of some larger goal. These commandments, to put it bluntly, protect our neighbors from ourselves, from our own distorted desires. Special word on the fourth commandment, which is appropriate with my dad here today. The fourth, honor your father and mother, is something of an extension of the first three. In an age with no nursing homes and no social safety net, it was vital that children cared for their parents, likely the first people to introduce them to God when their parents could no longer produce. People are more than what they can produce. 
This commandment is about more than mere obedience. It's about recognizing the value of our fellow human being. The rest of the commandments do the same. They recognize the value of our fellow creatures made in the image of God, offered salvation in Jesus Christ by the virtue of who they are, not by what they can do, not by their political beliefs, and, or not even by what foot, football team they root for. Even Packer fans. There are uh-huh. <laughs> Somebody's keeping track. <laughs> we recognize that our neighbors, being made in God's image, are entitled to respect and protection. To live their own lives free from our own designs on them. We're called not only to not murder, not commit adultery, not steal, not lie about our neighbor. We're also called to guard our own heart against anything our neighbor has. The first three remind us that only God is Lord. The seven, last seven remind us that we are human beings in relationship with other human beings. The commandments truly outline how to avoid tyranny in ten steps. Right relationship with God and right relationship with each other. Of course, we know the history. Israel did not always live up to its call. The big man political model made its return in the establishment of the monarchy. Samuel over over the prophet Samuel's protests. Ultimately, Israel's failures led them back into tyranny, suffering under bad kings and foreign domination. But here's the kicker. That wasn't the end of God's people. God's people survived. About a month ago, when we read the story of Noah, we talked about how God's mercy outweighs God's judgment. Our salvation does not depend on whether we follow the commandments. We may save ourselves a lot of grief, a lot of pain by following them. That's why the giving of the law is a mercy. But our salvation only depends on God's mercy, grace, and faithfulness made known for us in Jesus Christ. Whatever happens in the days, weeks, and months ahead, we know this. Big man politics have their expiration date. In the end, Jesus triumphs over every would-be tyrant. As Jesus' mother sang, the mighty are cast down and the lowly are lifted up. And we're given clear directives. Live as God's people. We already belong to God. Let's live as God's free and freed people. Thanks be to God. Amen.